0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, back alongside Joe Sarvati, who's affectionately known as Coach. We've got a nine-game NBA slate tonight, Coach, and we had a lot of fun last night. That overtime game with Washington
1: and the Lakers certainly paid off for us. No question. We, need it. we needed it with that extra boost for sure. I mean, it's funny how you can either be rooting your your doors in for an OT game or rooting against it like a maniac because it's such a shifter (laughs) of of the points for the game with that extra five minutes. It's crazy. Yep, so our GPP lineup on FanDuel was a game stack
0: there with six guys, and that just kept shooting up the leaderboards with the overtime. Westbrook came through almost with a monster triple-double. Beal and and, uh, LeBron... Uh, contributed pretty well to that lineup. And KCP was the the big value play there, getting big minutes with all those guys out. So that was a lot of fun. And we'll get to the Wizards here at the end of this slate because they've got a back-to-back in Staples Center. But we always start with the early games. So we'll do that again here tonight on this nine-game slate. We've got 10 of the 18 teams involved in a back-to-back. And we have four totals over 230 on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor, And we've got that one monster total to get to with Sacramento and Brooklyn in Game 3 here. But Game 1 is Atlanta at Cleveland, 226.5 total. The Hawks are favored by 7. Both teams are on the front end of a back-to-back. And the news here, we've got Rondo questionable, Reddish probable, and Torian Prince doubtful for Cleveland. So what do you have here in Game 1?
1: Well, I you know first let me say uh, I got to mention something before I dive into this game. Your uh, call yesterday of Washington uh, on the money line, straight up winners at LA, was was fantastic. I know our uh, members were going crazy, so I had to give you a shout out there. Oh yeah, that was fun. And that was great. And then uh, I don't you know if for the listeners on the podcast yesterday, I mentioned how comfortable I felt about that spread with the Mavs, and that was just a backstroke easy easy win for them. But I uh, also want to mention, too, and I'll dive into this game, you know, last night I posted in our Discord, and again, we'd love to have you at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, join in, and get in that Discord, because I had heard some rumblings here in Dallas about KP may be on the move, and there are some teams uh, that they're that the Mavs are actually talking to, and Cuban came out and said that that's not true, but it is true. I'm telling you right now. And Golden State is one of those teams. And uh, from what I've heard behind the scenes, Weissman is one of the targets. Not sure how that would, you know, would flow with both teams and how the money would work and everything else. But uh, pretty interesting stuff. And I can't wait to uh, hear what happens. And and I'll keep the information flowing in our Discord for any of the news as it comes through uh, here in Dallas. So wanted to throw that into the mix. Atlanta-Cleveland, here we go. And, you know, this total's interesting. You know, you've got two really uh, uh, teams that have not played good defense of late uh, by any stretch, 23rd and 25th. Do you remember when Cleveland was ninth for a while? Yeah. How can you go to 25th, like, in just no time at all? I guess, uh, you know, snapshot of the Dallas Mavericks, I guess you could, so... Uh, yeah, 23 and 25 defensively. Pace-wise, 16 and 26. So, you know, this is a, a hard game to figure. I think that there's just no jump out, standout situations here with with a phenomenal all-star slate c- that we have here with tons of high-priced guys. It's going to take a ton of points win some of these contests tonight. I mean, it's not going to be like last night where everybody was struggling. Uh, there's going to be some big numbers on the board, but you know, I think the Capella and, and, uh, Allen matchup is, is pretty, uh, you know, canceling out. I think they both do well enough, uh, defensively around the rim to, you know, protect the rim and, and do the job there. Uh, you know, and as far as the value we always look to get with the Herders and the Osmans and everything, you know, I, I know there's not a boatload of value that's opened up yet. I have a few key guys that I like that I th- can think uh, I think can make my, my uh, salary work, but uh, I just really don't like the feel of this game. And I, you know, I don't want to get out of, the blocks, you know, in a hole with a guy that's got, you know, five points at at halftime. So I I know it's uh, hard to believe, but first game of the night with a a really, you know, decent total is just not my cup of tea. But interested to see, I would assume you have a couple guys you like here. What do you think? Well, I've got a a couple potential value plays. I agree that Capella and
0: Allen should probably cancel each other out. I think it'll be a fun matchup to watch. Because Allen, all of a sudden, is getting huge minutes, and Capello will need to be out there for that. And he can certainly pay off value when he gets the minutes. Uh, He was solid against Jokic, and and that sort of defensive prowess, I think, will contain Allen a little bit. So I probably won't go there. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, I would look at a potential value with Garland getting that strong matchup against Trey Young here. He's right around 6,000 on both sites. And then Chetty Osman is the question mark. He's still a great price, mid 5K range. If Torian Prince sits and he starts again, then he's worth considering. You know, the thing I like about him is that four straight games here, he's had at least seven three-point field goal attempts, and he's getting big minutes. Cleveland is playing these guys right down to the wire, no matter the score. So they're, you know, they're taking the approach of here we're trying to develop these young guys. Let's play them big minutes, which I think makes a lot of sense. So he'll be out there if he starts. You know, Collins, I think, has the potential to give him trouble defensively. So not a lock and load value play. Uh, And his price is creeping up a little bit. But uh, Garland and, and Chetty Osman are in consideration for me. And you
1: know, I, I think you make a fantastic point, and it's something that we need to really watch closely here, because it looks as though now that Cleveland's made all their moves, and I haven't read this, but you, it's obvious. Uh, we all know, we can see it. I, I would assume Bickerstaff's, you know, philosophy right now is, listen, this is going to be our core. We made all our moves. I want to let these guys get as many minutes together on the floor. They're all young. Let's see what chemistry develops so that we know what we want to do going forward. That's what I think is in his brain at this moment. And like you said, it's going to get extra minutes for those main guys, specifically Allen, Garland, Sexton, you know, and the pieces that, that are all there. Uh, you know, some of the main the main rotation guys, because they're not going to get this opportunity again. Uh, you know, with other guys coming back to see how they're going to fit the Nances and everybody that that is out for them. So good point. I think it it brings more value to the, the plate for Cleveland. And it also brings Cleveland games more in light because their defense is sunk down and we're getting more possession. So all that being said, I have a circle around the Cavs for exactly what you said. But I'm just i not feeling it tonight in this particular game, but I definitely will watch that going forward. So thank you for bringing up that point. Right on. Let's go to
0: Game 2, the other 7 o'clock tip. It's Detroit in Orlando. This is a rematch from Sunday when Orlando won a low-scoring game, 105-96. Once again, here we have the total of 210. Orlando favored by 3.5. Tonight, Detroit is on the front end of a back-to-back. They have to go to New Orleans tomorrow. So a lot of points against rostering guys here. We've got 25th and 19th in pace. How about these offenses? 25th and 27th. Yikes. And defense is right around average. Detroit Detroit is slightly below average. So, you know, as that first matchup played out, just not a lot of uh, opportunity here for a high-scoring game, but Vucevic absolutely smashed again along with Fournier. They were playing the two-man game and and getting it done. Uh, Vuk, 37-12. Fournier, 29-7-7. And And I was watching part of the game when the broadcasters were actually talking about how, well, you got to figure Detroit's going to make some defensive adjustments here and try to limit Vucevic, which sounds great. And they probably will. Will it it be effective? I don't know. Vucevic is just dominant. Um, But... Are we are we going to pay 10,000 for him on this slate? I don't think I'm going to. And Fournier now at 6800 on both sites, I don't think I'm I'm going to pay that either. Michael Carter Williams is playable for me on draft or sorry on FanDuel. He's only 4500. And there's a guy that continues to start and get big minutes. You're not going to roster him because you want him to score. He's not a big scorer, not a great shooter, but he does so much else. That, uh, you know, I think he's playable on FanDuel. Uh, you've always got uh, Terrence Ross as a, a GPP option. On the Detroit side, uh, interesting how it played out with those guards. Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. Started, <laughs> uh, only played 16 minutes though. They gave a lot of run to Sabin Lee off the bench. 33 minutes, he played very well. And I liked how he looked, his uh, strength and quickness and on DraftKings how about this price differential 3200 over there but on FanDuel he's 5000 yeah so this is why you have to dig in and and really evaluate the prices on both sites and we don't just give a lineup and say play these guys everywhere it it depends and this is a great example of where Sabin Lee is in play for me on DraftKings at 3200 uh not so much on FanDuel and with it being a front end of a back-to-back. I don't know that he'll get 33 minutes again, but if he gets 24 or so, then I think he's in a pretty good spot there. So maybe a value play with one of these guards here, Lee or, or Michael
1: Carter-Williams, but I'm not going to go pay for any of the big guys here in this one. You know, I, you're you're right on target with me. And, and you know, I'm going to take a second here just uh, to go over a, a few pricing uh, anomalies here. This, this slate has the biggest stacked amount of high salaried guys that I've seen on a slate all year. And I, I challenge anybody to find one that's been bigger, but it, it really becomes a scenario here where it's very difficult to pay up for multiple guys in those big numbers. And just to give you a feel, if you have to, if you pay up for mid nines to all the way up to 12 uh, K on whether it's FanDuel DraftKings or Yahoo, let me give you the list of guys that I don't know if you can get to with these guys. And it's Giannis at eleven three. 3 This is Fanduel. Luca 11-2, Harden 11, Embiid 10-8, the Joker 10-5, Lillard 10-3, uh, Curry 10, 9-8 for Vuk, 9-8 for uh, Leonard, Beal 9-8, 9-7 for Cat, 9-6 for Trey followed by same close by Simmons, Tatum, Westbrook and Siakam and Irving. So and Julius Randall slides in. So you're how how are we going to decide where the payup guy is? And if I read through him on Yahoo and DraftKings, it's the same boat. I mean, it's I don't you know, usually you have two or three guys with a big fat number. Now it's like 14 today. It's it's the craziest thing I've seen. So I bring that up to say, Vuk's not going to make my list here, even though he played so well the last time they played. Uh, you would think that Casey would make some sort of adjustments to not let him just have his way in the paint. you know. And Fournier, to have seven rebounds and seven assists, when's the last time you saw Fournier do that, Andrew? Exactly. Long time I mean, ago,
0: if not, I've never. Seen,
1: right. And I've seen the points like that a lot, but not with the... Periphery numbers that was just an aberration in my opinion. So the game is the lowest total on the board I don't like this game. I don't like these two teams. So here's the situation that I'm gonna walk away with here I'm gonna have both my value plays in this game And I'm gonna have these guys in most of my lineup or lineups a lot of times I'll only have one if so then I'll have hundred percent of these two guys it's going to make everything else worth work. They may shift out. That's why it's important to stay in touch with this. Jump aboard it uh, in our Discord because if any value opens throughout the day, this could change. <clears throat> I think Saban Lee is a lock for me at that price on DraftKings. He's a free square. And here's the thing: Dennis Smith Jr. stinks. I, I God bless him. I love the guy. He just he just isn't good. He can't play. He's not good. And he's had three or four opportunities, and he's just not good. And they were trying to win that last game. They stuck with Savin Lee. He played well. I wouldn't be shocked if Lee starts this game. And if Smith starts, it'll be one of those scenarios, in my opinion, where he plays, you know, the first six minutes, ends up maybe with twelve to fourteen for the whole game. And I think Savin Lee, you know, is is the guy that's going to play uh, the majority of that game at point. And on the other side of the ball, I've been playing him almost every slate, but they don't raise his price. He hasn't crushed it yet, but he does slip by at 5X, and that's Michael Carter Williams. He's getting a ton of minutes. He's the point guard there. He's got size, and if he's, you know, he gets his value, and his price is decent. So I like those two value plays a ton here in Lee and Carter Williams. And there's like as we go over all the rest of these games, there's not a, any obvious chalk just sticking out there. But I don't like any of the payup fellas, because of the flow of the game, the total. And just from watching it the last time, I think they adjust a little bit uh, defensively on both sides. So that's where I stand there. All right, good. Well, with a value player two
0: now, we can pay up for this next game because it is a juicy <clears> throat>
1: 242
0: throat> total between Sacramento and Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn favored by six and a half here at home. And these yep. two teams played last week and combined for 261 points. Yikes. Brooklyn shot the lights out, set a, a franchise record for three-pointers, winning 136 yep. to 125. And it's an island game tonight. So, a pretty exciting situation. In terms of the news, we've got Barnes questionable for Sacramento. On the Brooklyn side, we've got TLC and Jeff Green questionable. And then probable, we've got uh, Shumpert and Tyler Johnson. So, will you be spending
1: some of your salary here? Oh, damn right, yeah. man. I mean, I, I don't care if it's a 90-game slate. I'm I'm going to have a bunch of exposure to this game. I mean, it is just a, a terrific, perfect storm kind of game. We talked about it the last time in the same manner. and like you said, they scored out of this world and I, I can't see any difference why it would be uh, why it would change here. I mean, Brooklyn is a six six and a half point favorite, which isn't much, but with that 242 number, it's I mean they, they've got everybody slammed here. 30th, which is dead last for Sacramento in defense, 27th for Brooklyn. Eighth and ninth in pace. So, you know, how often do you see uh, two of the bottom four defensive teams and two of the top ten offensive teams facing off? Almost never. And, you know, with some of these injuries and questionable uh, tags, especially Brooklyn's side, it limits that rotation. Jeff Green has played a a boatload of minutes. So if he can't go, and we need to watch this news, because if he can't go and TLC can't go, that's probably a combined 50 minutes that becomes available uh, or close to it uh, with their other rotational players. And Barnes has played a huge role for Sacramento. He's been out, you know, for three or four games in a row now, and that usage is going to other places. So, you know, I don't even know where to start here. I I want to mm-hmm. come out of this game with like four guys. I really do. I'd love a two v two. I think you have to pay up. For either Harden or Irving, that's the big decision. Uh, I think you need one of those two guys, uh, and then the secondary guy, depending on that news, you know, it may be a bargain thirty-minute DeAndre Jordan day. If if you know if Green's not going to play and they slide him in there, if Sacramento's playing Holmes and Bagley, uh, Jordan could get some extra minutes. You could, you know, that might not be the case if they play Pell and some of their young guys. But it's something you got to look at as they're putting their lineup together. You certainly can always go to a Joe Harris or you know Brown or one of the second guys there that that should get some additional uh, burn also. On the Sacramento side, you know we know Kyrie doesn't defend well, Harden doesn't defend well, so you know Fox certainly in play, you know wanting to to show up in a in a big game uh, scenario like this, the way he has been, uh, you know, there's, they're not, he's not going to make it, be, I doubt, because of uh, their record. But, you know, I, I know he's trying to make a case to be uh, one of the selections, uh, additional selections for the All-Star uh, game. And I, did those come out today or tomorrow? I think, think they pick, come
0: out soon. I think they pick them tonight
1: on yeah, TNT, so. right? We've got a double header. Right. Yeah, you're right. So that's going to be very exciting to see how that plays out because there's some, uh, you know, real tight picks, I think, with who's going to make it and who's not. Um, and then also on Sacramento, you know, you, you've you got, you know, Bagley playing good ball. I mean, he he is decided to step up and play. Uh, he's getting the minutes. When he gets the minutes uh, recently, uh, he's been good. You know, you just... Walton scares me, not because he's a pop or a Carlisle that likes to, you know, protect his guys. And he's just Walton's just unpredictable. I think he's one of those moody, quick tempered guys that if somebody's in his doghouse, he doesn't play him. And he's always trying to play the the power card. And, you know, it's just he's not a player's coach. And I you know, I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league. Sorry, Mr. Walton. I, I love your dad, Bill, by the way. Um <laughs> Anyway, so I think, you know, looking at at a couple of those options, Buddy Hill, you know, has quietly been putting huge minutes together and he's coming through. So he's a huge play here because his price, even though it's drifted up a little bit, is very fair. So my favorite game on the slate, normally, you know, you'll see on these shows, uh, that's not always the case for me. The highest numbered game I'll, I'll lay off on and maybe go more for the second or third highest. But this one's a standout to me. Everything fits. I think you have to have good exposure here in this game. I don't think four guys from this game is too many. Um, I may come out with three, but uh, it wouldn't take much to get me to a fourth. And I think uh, if you don't play anybody in this game, you're going to be playing catch-up.
0: No, I agree completely. And I will have probably at least four guys from this game in most lineups. And the challenge is all the peripheral guys because I think both situations are a little bit shaky. So for me, it's it's zero in on Harden and Kyrie Irving. I think you can play both. Everything else around that, it, it is a big domino with Jeff Green. And, yeah. you know, if he plays, uh, he's one of the guys who... In the last week or so, I've been down on watching him not go after rebounds. He's been loafing a little bit, running up the side of the court. And I think part of that's because he's had some really tough defensive matchups against...
1: Well, and, and Le- I think he's been hurt a little bit, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got this shoulder issue. And so you wonder how much that has affected him. And he's had to defend Absolutely. LeBron and and Kawhi Leonard recently. That's it? That's, that's, that's it. That's his week. That was what he had to deal with in Staples Center. So, And a bottle of Advil, probably. <laughs> you know, I love his minutes this season with Brooklyn, his opportunity. I just haven't liked how he's looked this past week with his energy. So I'd like to play him in this game because it fits him well. Uh, but you know, at this point in the day here at lunchtime, we don't know if he's even gonna
1: play. But I don't I don't think he's gonna play. And my projections right now, and again it's completely unofficial, I have him out. So okay. where where would you focus if he's out? Well, Are you on the DeAndre bandwagon he, with me? He is in play for me. He's
0: okay. really their only big at that point. And then it's something you can feel pretty solid about. And he got twenty seven minutes when they played last time and did fine. Right. He's a yep. fair price. And we don't know what's going to happen on the other side. I mean, with Sacramento having all their bigs available, you know, good luck. I mean, Bagley's the one guy I would quote-unquote trust a little bit to hopefully get high 20s minutes. So he's the guy I would, I would look to first. And it's a little bit unfortunate that you don't, you can't really look at Holmes, who didn't play the last game these, these two teams played. And that's when Hassan Whiteside came off the bench and dominated with over fifty fantasy points, I know, but it's... maybe today he gets twelve minutes because of yeah. our friend Luke Walton here. Yeah. So it's just it's it's really tricky to to invest in Holmes or Whiteside, even though it's a great opportunity. And then same thing with Bielitsa; he could smash here if he played. But do they give Jabari Parky, Parker fifteen minutes and Bielitsa sits and watches again? So. Yeah,
1: it's uh, that's a nightmare. It really is. And those, uh, it's I have no idea which direction they're going. I mean, Parker's no young guy, and I heard they're trying to trade Bealitsa. So who the hell knows what they're trying to accomplish there? Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to focus on the
0: studs for Brooklyn. Wait to hear about the news on the bigs. I'll definitely play Fox here on the other side. Perfect scenario for him. Bagley's a, a question mark, and then everybody else is a. Uh, pr- I probably nope, won't. No, nobody won't get low. To. He could he could smash you know and he is getting minutes you know he seems to be lately you know not getting a ton of shots and threes and and you know actual success um, but
1: this is a great chance for him to break out and get back on track yeah I would think so if, I mean it's probably Harden on him so you know that ought to give him some looks absolutely all right game four we've got Golden State.
0: Visiting the Knicks, uh, next door to that last one, and it's a 219 and a half total. Golden State favored by three. They're on the front end of a back to back. They're going to go to Indiana tomorrow. They've got some big question marks. A fellow named Steph Curry, uh, with this illness, he sat out the last one. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to play tonight. And then how about Looney and Wiseman? They both practiced yesterday. They're finally questionable. So a lot of uncertainty there. On the Knicks side, we just have Rivers questionable, and these teams played back in January. Not a whole lot to take from that. It was sort of a strange game. Draymond only played seventeen minutes. That's when we had Mitchell Robinson playing. Now we'll have Noel out there. The only guy who you can really look at is Randall, in my opinion, in terms of that game. He was solid even against Draymond. Um, on this slate, though, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay up for Randall. Uh, Nerlens Noel, right around five thousand on both sites. This is a guy I think you could look at. He got twenty nine minutes against Minnesota in their last game, so he, you know, is, is seems to be in in the avoiding the doghouse with Thibodeau, doing what needs to be done to be out there on the court. So you, you could look there. Payton has been in, getting good minutes again. He's in the four K range. Uh, should be a decent matchup, but. You know, he's hard to trust, so I'm, I probably won't go there. On the Golden State side, you know, if Steph is out, Brad Wanamaker played 34 minutes off the bench, took a lot of shots, really running the show. He's 3K range on both sites. That's a, a, a low-owned uh, value play you could look at. And Eric Pascal is getting back into the mix. You know, he had that injury. He's slowly coming back with minutes. Now he's getting more minutes, being very productive. Uh, He's a a good price on both sides. So, again, maybe a one-off for me here, but not a great game situation with New York and their 30th pace and third-ranked defense. And now Golden State is fifth in defense. So uh, probably won't get much from this one.
1: You know, I... I hate to do this because I, you know, I love our listeners and we have the they send us the greatest comments. We have such a fantastic listenership that listens every day. But, you know, we everybody knows we do this around lunchtime so we can get it out there so you have plenty of time to check out our podcast. But when there's games like this with tremendous confusion of who's gonna play or not play, I mean Curry Looney and Wiseman, we have to know the scenario there before we can lay out this game because the whole effect, domino effect for both teams changes based on on their availability. So, you know, anything I say here, I'll give you a, a small uh, piece of information, but you really need to to uh, tune in with us uh, before lock so that we can actually break this game down and make sense of it. So, you know, Curry, it's, I, I have no idea what's going on there. I, I did see some footage of him sort of sitting, almost looked like he was going to, like, pass out or throw up or something and they sort of helped him off last time and he they said he was okay it wasn't covid so they listed him as probable then today something's not right there he slipped back to questionable so i'm i'm concerned there i don't have any idea what's going on um you know looney and weissman totally 50 50 uh coin flip now again this is not official i haven't read this anywhere but my opinion is if if the porzingis talks are true with golden state looney and or weissman specifically weissman like i mentioned earlier could be in that scenario of trade and by the way did you happen to know porzingis sat out yesterday Mm -hmm. after eight games of uh, days of not playing for the mavericks he's questionable tonight just like these guys are so uh, i wish i could say we were trading for curry (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not that much of a dreamer um But anyway, so I think that all of that news really bothers me. And, you know, I think it confuses this game. Plus, Golden State's on the first night of a back-to-back. Maybe they want to play Curry full-blown tomorrow. Uh, It's just, it's sort of a disaster here. The only guy that I think's playable for me for the Knicks is Randall. But he's going to get full-blown Draymond this time. Not the 17-minute, you know, guy that was just getting his uh, feet under him. So that I'm not going to pay up for Randall with, like I mentioned, all those 13 or 14 guys that are big prices. Uh, the Knicks, I'll tell you what, I'm not even talking about the Knicks guards anymore. I'm, I'm. If you can figure out Peyton, Rose, Burks, quickly, I'll keep going. I mean, good luck. There, it's a DFS nightmare. It's a nice depth for the Knicks, but uh, it's it's a nightmare for DFS. So, uh, and and Barrett too. Um, so anyway, this game is going to be a full pass for me at the lunch hour. If uh, we get news, I think Wanamaker could be that extra piece of news of value that we could get if Curry's out. If the bigs aren't playing, you got to look at Pascal and, and Draymond and considering them. So uh, let's put this one on hold, and this will give me the opportunity right now to say, listen, we would love to have you join us at DFS Coach Talk. We have a great growing community. We have a new offer that we just put out yesterday. Our, our partners at BetUS.com.pa and and us have combined for – even. this is even beats this last BetUS offer. You will get a membership with us from today when you sign up or any day you sign up all the way through June 1st. And guess what? If you deposit 149 for the first time in a BetUS account – and for your sports wagering, your props, which Andrew gives out in our Discord every day and has been smashing them, uh, you get that 149 to play with in BetUS, and you're free with Coach Talk all the way up until June 1. So it's by far our best offer. I'm not even going to mention any other offers we have because that's the one that that I would assume everybody's going to take advantage of. So, again, the, the, the bonus there is We do these podcasts afternoon, lunchtime. We go through everything. But really, the culmination of it is following the news throughout the afternoon and throughout the slate and discord. We have, you know, with the COVID stuff and everything going on, we have nine games that stagger from a 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock Eastern start. We're following the news in all of those. We're rostering our lineups according to that, leaving spots to do swaps. You have to do that in this Day and age in DFS. If you really want to be competitive, and we're we're doing that work for you and with you, we collaborate in our in our uh, you know uh, coach talk Discord about all of this information. So it's it is a great time to come aboard. Um, we give out full lineups in Fanduel and Yahoo, and we have a, a beautiful coach's clipboard with highlighted core that gives you a really good shot to build some winners and it, you can steer it to cash or you could steer it to GPP. So uh, we, we feel we've, you know, really worked out all the pieces of, of how we're doing this and it's, it's working well. Our members love it and we'd love to have you. So there you go. That's my soapbox for the day.
0: Yeah. And just make sure when you go sign up at bet us uh, that you use the promo code coach talk. Oh, I forgot that all one word. Yeah. Then we'll everybody will know that you've, uh, heard this offer and then after you've signed up uh, just reach out to us on twitter at dfs coach talk and let us know and then we'll get you into our discord with an email and Beautiful. coach you, you made a really great point there about the potential trade and guys possibly sitting out for that reason and i just want to add that you really have to be paying attention tonight between 7 and seven thirty because there could be another late scratch because if they potentially get you know near a deal we might not just be talking about somebody like Wiseman. There may be a bigger salary guy who gets involved, like potentially Wiggins, Wiggins or Ubre, And then mm. we're going to have monster value all of a sudden, not just Watermaker, but maybe somebody like Bazemore, who all of a sudden starts, and he's very cheap. So, uh, yes. you know, follow the news between 7 and 7.30 specifically. And, you know, you can potentially have that game stack of Sacramento-Brooklyn Waiting and set up at 7:30. You can add a pivot or two and get one of these cheap warriors in there at the same time, and all of a sudden have a smash opportunity. No doubt. All right, the other 7:30 game. Actually, we have two more, but we're going to start with Philly and Toronto, and uh, not quite as exciting as that Sacramento-Brooklyn situation with a, a total of only 222. Philly yeah. favored by one and a half. We've got Seth Curry probable. We have Lowry questionable again for Toronto. And this is the front end of a back-to-back to back for Toronto. They're going to play in Miami tomorrow. Any interest in this one?
1: You know, I'm I'm considering because I think he's going to be low-owned again. Uh, Embiid has is, is got to be a consideration here. I, I know the total's not fantastic. But, you know, I think he's just too quick and has a good, good enough mid-range game to smoke Baines. And he's just too damn strong for Boucher, and and it's an island game. And he's playing fantastic. And I think he's going to be fired up. He'll be one, you know, he's he's going to be so you know pumped for the All Star game and the whole scenario there. I I think Embiid is is a reasonable buy up. Uh, I don't like anybody else from Philly, Toronto. Obviously, we need the news on Lowry. It always creates a situation where if he's out, it makes Van Vleet and it makes uh, Powell uh, also very playable uh, entities. But the bottom line is Philly 6th, Toronto's ninth in defense. So that's a deterrent. Uh, but they are 6th and 12th in pace, which gives you some hope there. So the game is a one-and-a-half point spread. It's in Tampa, so it's a home game for Toronto. You know, I it might be the pay-up for Embiid as that one pay-up dude that I go for. Um And really, after that, I just need to see the Lowry news and not going to stack anything here because I think the defense is very formidable. But uh, I just don't see how they stop Joel, and he's in a groove right now.
0: He really is, and he was strong against them when they played on Sunday. Low-scoring game. He had—it was a 50-fantasy-point night, not a 90-fantasy-point night, (laughs) like the the slate before when you were on Embiid. And I I think he could— uh, I would expect he would do, have a similar output. Well, here. he
1: knows when I roster him, he has to get at <laughs> least eighty-five, or, right? Or you know, he's not going to get it back on the team. <laughs> yep, that is a, that is a good setup to
0: have. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade Embiid, even though I think he easily could uh, get fifty fantasy points or more again, and and pay for Harden instead. And then on the Toronto side, I'm looking at potential value if Lowry is out and Bembry starts again. He's still in the mid-3K range on both sites, and he's a guy who does enough of everything that he can get you 6X there. And then Baines on DraftKings is only 3,200. And what they did last time was they started Siakam at the 5, and then they yeah. brought Baines and Boucher in to back him up, and Baines got 30 minutes you know, trying to guard oh, Embiid. So at yeah. 3,200 on DraftKings, you can play. How did that work out for Baines, by the way? Well, <laughs> I mean, he didn't stop Embiid. He got eight points and five rebounds. Um, yeah. So just being out there for 30 minutes is the key for, for him to to be able to pay off value. Throw a body on him, yeah. That hasn't worked really well for anybody guarding Embiid this year. No,
1: <laughs> I don't think it will. Yeah, but that's true. That's a good point. Very good point.
0: All right, the next game is a matchup between Boston and Dallas. So oh, great. Co- Coach and
1: I are going to have to go radio silent during this game and, and yeah. uh, avoid talking about it's, a, it's almost a pick em spread too so we're gonna be uh battling big time we're gonna have to put the I'm gonna have to post some meat some gifts with the, the fighting uh guys like I do when it's uh, big time yeah exactly in Boston the the one and a half point favorite uh
0: 226 and a half total and I do have to give the slight edge to the Celtics here not because of I course not because I grew up uh, rooting for Larry bird and company but because Boston's coming off that horrific loss against New Orleans, where they're up by 24 in the third, they lose in overtime, and they're now 15 and 15. So they need to win to get back over 500. And Dallas, of course, played last night. So after that right. eight-day layoff, that's a big challenge for Dallas to try to come back and have enough energy to deal with a motivated Celtics team. So I give the edge to the Celtics there. And of course, if if Porzingis sits again then a big advantage to the Celtics. So let's start there. What do you think here? If Porzingis sits again because of the quote-unquote back issue or because they're looking to potentially trade him, and if Kleba is out again because he sprained his ankle last night, who do you think starts at the 4-5 and position for
1: Dallas tonight? Well, Dwight Powell played terrific in the last game, so he's certainly going to be in play, and Willie Cauley-Stein. So if, if both KP and Kleba are out, then those would be the two instant beneficiaries. It would be Powell and cauley Stein in that order. So uh, Powell showed some signs of life. He's been awful since he came came back from that uh, season-ending injury last year. And sometimes it just takes a little while to get some of the athleticism back. So I think they're both, you know, they're the two guys you'd you'd want to look at as you're building if if those two sit. Yeah, and I. I like those guys as value
0: opportunities, and and I do like them a little bit more than Baines actually, in that game before. So Powell minimum price on both sides. If he starts, I, I like his uh, I like that position for him. He's got to deal with Tristan Thompson and uh, Tristan Thompson and Tice. He should yeah. be he should be out there for at least half the game, you would think. And I, I think I'll probably only look at one of those bigs for Dallas. I'm not going to pay up for Luca on the second night of this back-to-back and you know, flip a coin to try to figure out if you know Jay Rich is going to play well again. Uh, will Brunson be as effective off the bench again? Same thing with THJ. On the Celtics side, Kemba's in play for me. He's a good price, mid-6K range. Also, Jalen Brown, because if they put Richardson on Kemba... Which they will. Then yeah. I'm looking at Luka having to guard Jalen Brown... And I don't think he'll have quite enough to prevent Jalen Brown from getting to the rim. So if I'm going to pay up for one of the Celtics tonight, it's probably going to be Jalen Brown.
1: Interesting. I, you know, this, this game is, is not high on my radar, even though, you know, 13th and 26th in defense, but the 23rd and 20th in pace is what bothers me. I see this game, you know, coming down to a half court draw at times and, you know, it, it is going to be a, a tight competitive game in my opinion, but we need to know what's going on with those Dallas guys to see if there's going to be value that opens up there. I'm not going to pay up for Luca in this matchup. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Boston will, will try to put run doubles and different things at him to keep him in check. Um, you know, I do want to see, I, I doubt though, that on a slate this big, I'm going to take a center spot up with, a. A Powell or Coley Stein or anybody like that. I'll tell you though, the guys that I'm more interested in are the two bigs from Boston, as crazy as that sounds. And that's Tyson Thompson because they're both getting a lot of minutes. Dallas is going to be definitely hurting inside, especially if KP and Kleber are out. So one of those two, I'm not going to roster both of them, but I'm going to make probably a decision between Tyson Thompson. Uh, because I think they'll get a ton of rebounds. And I think they're going to get really good minutes. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going anywhere else in this game paying up for, uh, you know, the big, the big money guys like Brown, uh, Tatum, and Luke. I, I'm just going to go for a possible uh, value big from Boston and then just wait and see how all this news plays out. Okay,
0: excellent. Next game here at 8 o'clock, finally, we've got Minnesota in Milwaukee. The Bucks are 11-point favorites here. Pretty solid total here of 231. Minnesota on the front end of a back-to-back. And they've got a new coach on the bench. They let yeah. Ryan Saunders go. They hired Chris Finch from Toronto. So yeah. how do you think this is going to play out for Coach Finch and company here uh, against Milwaukee?
1: Well, you know, it should be interesting. Uh, I think that's a nice selection for them. The, the other assistant that left Toronto... Uh, Nurse is going to be the new guy, putting out all the the new coaches. But he's the the gentleman that we can never pronounce his name that took over at Oklahoma City. Dagnold. And in my yeah. opinion, yeah, Dag- Dagnalt, that's it. And he's just crushing it uh, in OKC. I know their record's not phenomenal, but I think he's doing an, a yeoman's job there. And this guy has just as good of a reputation. So I think it's a, it's a good long-term move. It's really heart-wrenching, though, because – uh you know, Flip Saunders was one of my favorites. We talk about great personality, and you know for the listeners don't know you know the the history there he passed a very, very early young age uh as the when he was he's the guy that drafted cat and was so tight with him, and then his son took the team over and has had it for what like was it like three years now? I think this might Something be
0: like? the third part parts of three years.
1: Yeah, and so it's just a sad end to that saga and really a shame that they, you know, all the things with having Levine and then Butler and all this, and just it's never really worked out for them. Wiggins was their number one pick on and on. So, you know, I think they needed to reset and move on, and I think they made a good choice in the coach, uh, and I think it's going to take a while. So, you know, here's the, here's my, my concern here with uh, rostering any Minnesota guys. When a new guy comes in, it's usually a bit of a reset. The rotation's probably going to change. The amount of minutes we don't know what his strategy is. Is he going to be play your your main guys big minutes like Nurse does, or is he? You know, we don't know. So, uh, you know, you can look back at what he's done along his way, and you know, there it's just not going to pan out the same. it as it is in his first NBA gig? So cautious there. I think we need to see a handful of games and how that rotation is going to work. So on the first night of a back-to-back with a coach's first game, I do not want to risk taking somebody like a Beasley or, or even a Rubio. I mean, we don't know that he's going to count strictly on Rubio at point, uh, like Saunders was. So, uh, that's my concern there. Plus this game could blow out. It's a big, big number, 10 and a half, 11. And, uh, You know, Milwaukee is the 10th best defensive team. Uh, It's very difficult to think about. And he'll be ridiculously low-owned, but who wants to own Giannis at that price with all of the other expensive guys in a game that could blow out? So, you know, if you are a Giannis truther and you you can get him single-digit ownership in some contests, I think, I mean, he'll probably be... 15, 16%, but that's the lowest you're going to get him in a while and even less in some other uh, cash games because I just don't know if you can afford to pay up for him. Um, So, you know, this game at 231 makes, you you know, your mouth water a little bit. Uh, But I guess my contrarian thing for today on this whole nine-game slate is I'm just not going to focus on this game. I could work a guy in depending on how some of the other dominoes fall – in the other games, I think almost everybody's going to have exposure to this game, but I very well may be the guy that doesn't, because I just don't like the combination uh, of things that I, you know, mentioned there. Now, is it going to motivate somebody? Like, you know, I can't imagine the cat's going to be excited because he probably feels really bad about Saunders leaving. And, you know, I just don't want to mess with this game. I think there's too many intangibles that can affect the outcome, and it's hard enough to zone in and eliminate some of that variance as it is, and I think you've just got more of it in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to play anybody from Minnesota for all the reasons you mentioned. On the Milwaukee side, I do think Giannis will dominate, but very expensive, so I won't go there. Most likely, the guy I would look at is Middleton. On Fandle, he's only 7,200, and after a few down games, he absolutely dominated against Sacramento
1: last time out. Yeah. 32-8-6 32-8-6 and six with six stocks thrown in. Yeah. So It's impressive, although I think you could have 15 against Sacramento. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, possibly. So Middleton's in play for me. Other than that, I'm going to pass this game.
0: And wow. Con- yep, and continue on to the 10 o'clock games. We've got Portland and Denver uh, in the Mile High City. The Nuggets favored by 6.5, 231.5 total here. This is the second TNT game. Portland, what a rough spot for them. They get absolutely blown out in Phoenix last night. Now they have to go yeah. to Denver and play at altitude. So I'm really not interested in these uh, Portland guys at all. I mean, even though Denver is 22nd defensively, they've got that slow pace. They're 27th. So I just I don't think I'm going to roster anybody from Portland. On the Denver side, uh, I still will consider Murray. Price continues to go up here, getting to the mid 8K range on both sites. But he's got that awesome matchup against the bad Portland backcourt on a back to back with tired legs. So I would consider Murray. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, maybe a one off with Barton. He's a fair price. And we still have all these guys out for Denver Dozier, right. Millsap, Jamichael Green, Gary Harris. So Dar- uh, Barton, I would consider. Michael Porter Jr. I'm not going to consider right now. He's just too inconsistent with his minutes. Uh, and then our man Zeke Naji. Uh, he's the uh, he's a GPP option. I don't think you need to go there on this slate. I, I do want to mention though that you know he started against Atlanta, got 30 minutes, and uh, he's only 3100. But again, with these guys on the perimeter, uh, they're just not guaranteed to get more than five or six shots with Murray and Jokic running the show uh, with the two-man game. So uh,
1: for me, it's probably Murray here or a pass. Yeah, uh, you hit on the guy that I love. Jamal Murray's one of my favorite plays here. I think Portland's just exhausted. I think they're beaten down a little bit. And I know Lillard, you know, we talked about it the other day. He's a machine, but, you know, they're just, they've, you know, poor. Lillard and Trent and, you know, some of these guys even Canner, they're just they're being asked to do a yeoman's job against a tough schedule. And now they, like you said, have to go to the elevation. And, you know, I don't know who's going to defend Murray, but he seems to be entering one of those bubble Murray grooves. And, you know, at 83, I think he's super fair and 85. And then on Yahoo, he's he's even a, a good price at 33. So, He's one of my favorite plays. I think, you know, if this game doesn't blow out, which it's only a six point spread, which I thought was was very low. And I think that's because of some of Denver's uh, depth being limited. But uh, I think Murray's a great play. Um, You know, I don't know what to expect. I did want to ask you because I know you're one of his fans. Porter Jr., what's the deal? It's just he's in one of those funk's
0: right now with the youth and experience immaturity where he's not getting huge minutes and obviously the defensive intensity isn't there enough for Malone to keep him out there and when he's out there I would understand why he's a little bit frustrated because he just doesn't get as many shot attempts with yeah. you know Murray and Jokic dominating the action so he's dealing with that frustration and he's not he's just not uh, mature enough defensively yet to lock in his minutes and you know he's it's just a funk so I'm not I, I'm just not going to
1: go there right now yeah and you know you look at him every day and his price keeps going down and it's so tempting because you know his potential in ceiling is so high but you know it's also extremely frustrating if he's not going to get you know the the minutes and get the ball so uh, I'm with you. You know, it's certainly tempting with the thin, you know, amount with the guys out that you would think he'd get a decent enough run there. But um, I'm with you. So, you know, on the on the uh, Portland side, you know, Lillard just just too expensive for me anyway. In a, you know, in a, in this game, although if they stay in it, you know, he's certainly a guy that you need. But at ten three on Fandle, for example. Uh, you know again we're, we're at that situation where you just can't buy up to for too many people here if you want to play mid-level I guess Trent remains as an option I mean uh you know he does have some some really consistent games in the low 30 DFS points and his his floor is pretty safe anymore he's he's really uh, done a decent job so you know I think you can even consider Derek Jones Jr.'s had a stretch now of a couple of weeks where he's really contributing. He's not completely disappearing out there. And with his athleticism, he could be uh, a decent value guy to slide in there. So I would like some exposure to this game. I'll start it with Murray and then uh, try to fill in at least one value guy. All right, last game of the night. We've
0: got the Wizards sticking in Staples Center for this back-to-back. Tonight they get the Clippers. The Clippers 12 point favorites and the total here 231 and a half. I'm going to list Westbrook as questionable here on the back to back, but we don't know that at this point in the day. And on the Clipper side, looks like everybody's healthy. So uh, anything for you in this late night, uh, late night hammer?
1: Well, I don't know if I mentioned today about DFS Coach Talk in our Discord, <laughs> <laughs> but this is another scenario. I mean, if Westbrook plays, it changes the whole entire game so we need that news you know he's not listed right now and i did see coach speak saying that he's 100 healthy for the first time that doesn't mean he's going to play the second night of a back-to-back the last time they waited the majority of the day and then he was out so uh, i'd say it literally 50 50 if he plays or not you know 24th and 16th defense makes you want to play some guys clippers get a pace up from 28th to play against Washington with the number one pace, but the Clippers have that big boatload of talent back. So, you know, the the George, it's going to be the George and Kawhi situation where you have all these expensive guys and you have two on the same team that need to share that, and it's hard to roster either one of them because it, it you know, it's an either or. And on nine game schedule for me, it's it's neither. So. You know, can you find some value here? Certainly. You know, there's there's guys like Pat Bev that'll be on the floor. I think uh, you're starting finally to see what I've been playing Hashimur all year for. He's starting to become one of the key contributors to that team. Uh, you know, we need to see if Westbrook sits. Guys like Hashimur are super in play for me um, because they're going to get a lot more usage bump, and then and then all of a sudden. You really have to start thinking about Beal because of that usage bump. But let's see what that news is. I do want some exposure to this particular late game because I do think they'll get up and down. And there's a lot of talent out there for this one.
0: Yeah, on that Wizard side, if Westbrook is out, you could leave a spot for Beal. He absolutely dominates back-to-backs. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough matchup for sure. But and he, it's
1: not like you're going to have any trouble filling that spot with the other 10 o'clock game with Lillard. And you can always undraft Kings or put them in the utility spot. That's where if you, you should put you want to put Beal. Yeah, and then you got all your open spots. Now, it's not, you know, all fun and games on FanDuel doing that. So you got to think about it a little bit more. But uh, with those four teams playing, just like you said, you, you're going to have a lot of options. Yeah,
0: if you want to build a contrarian lineup with Beal, on Fanduel as a shooting guard, then you can always pivot to Paul George. So absolutely have that contingency plan in place if you want to potentially go there. Uh, Neto becomes a potential value play if Westbrook is out. On the Clippers side, Paul George probably the only guy I would play, and only on Fanduel. He's 8,500 there. the The news there is, you know, in, in case you missed it, he played 33 minutes against Brooklyn, and there was a big to do about the fact that he didn't play the last few minutes of the game because he was at his minutes limit. And they yeah. they mismanaged it. If if they're really going to lock in at 33 minutes, they should have planned ahead to make sure he was out there for the final three minutes. But he was frustrated to to be there and watch that close loss to Brooklyn. And so I think he's going to be extra motivated. We know this is about as good as a potential matchup you can have for a big shooting guard, scoring guard, like like Paul George against the Wizards. So at 8,500, I think he's going to be motivated and he should dominate. So he, he'd be the one choice for the Clippers for me tonight. I like it. All right, that wraps up our nine-game slate. I hope you all enjoyed and enjoyed this and are off to a good start here building your lineups. Uh, feel free to reach out to us with any questions on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. You can also find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I'm available at Language Olympic. And Shane is at DET Sports Shane. We'd love to have you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on YouTube and give us that thumbs up wherever you're watching or listening to the podcast. And we'll continue to bring this to you seven days a week, including tomorrow, we'll be back here for another NBA slate. So on behalf of Coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hanson. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.